0: me see your hand. Even on Sundays? All right. I think I I know no one's gonna raise their hand, but I think it got some people this morning. Amen. Sometimes you just come in with that lethargic, but we we fought through it in our praise and worship. Amen. That's what's awesome. I wanna I wanna tell tell someone next to you these, these words. This is gonna be a tough one. Yeah, get you prepared. Amen. You'll see why in a second. I want to, I have a friend um, that I went to high school with. He was a couple years ahead of me. And how many went to high school with a a guy or a girl that you knew that was known for their fighting skills? (laughs) Anybody go to school with that kind of person? Maybe you were that person. Um, This guy was one of them. Um, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but his name is Oscar Felix. And he was uh, uh, the leader of all the Hispanics in the school. He was the man, and uh, he was a good friend of mine, and he was known for fighting, and, and to this day, a couple years ahead of me, I said, he's still, he's still a fighter, and uh, I send him verses every morning. So I sent one last week that said, um, be compassionate for one another, love as brothers, be tender hearted and courteous, and so he responded, and said, ooh, that last one is tough. <laughs> he said, there's bad people everywhere. And he said, there's this guy who stole money back from me a while back, and I've thought of burying him. So he says, how does someone cope with that? So I started telling him, I understand. And I said, it goes back to grace. And it goes back to understanding that none of us deserve forgiveness. And how can we be angry and hate people if, if we don't understand what we deserve? And so he goes, it's tough. How do you go about doing that? So we just kind of had a conversation back and forth. And I want to kind of get into that this morning of, of kind of what I answered him. And I won't read the cuss words he has here. I think he, he, uh, he hit me back Saturday at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I'm thinking he might have been just getting home. because so he definitely wasn't getting up, I don't think. And was, he said, I, I want this guy to die and da-da-da-da. And so um, I gave him some more stuff and haven't heard back from him. But I want to talk about forgiveness this morning. Forgiveness, right? That's why it's a tough one. Forgiveness is not easy, amen? And uh, forgiveness is a heart issue. And I want to start off in Matthew 18, if you'll get there. And I want to read this real fast because I want to get to a story in the Old Testament that's awesome, that's really going to bless us. So Matthew 18, give me an amen when you get there. Now this, some of you might say, this isn't that hard. Some of you might say this is impossible. Everybody's at different places. But this is a message that needs to be preached every two or three months. Because it's a big, big issue in our lives. And, you know, we just prayed. Now, I'm not making a doctrine out of this, but we just prayed for the sick. I do want to say a statement that I believe. I believe that if you don't handle unforgiveness, it can make you sick. I do believe that with all of my heart. Now that does not mean that people that came all these people that came forward this morning have unforgiveness in their heart. Don't don't misinterpret me. But I do believe there are people who do not handle this forgiveness thing. They just say no, 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 kind of like my friend. No, no, no. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it or whatever. And and without knowing it, there is sickness in their body. They are they are it is it is it is coming back on them. And I want to make a statement. One of the the hardest things to believe or understand this morning is that we think that when we're not forgiving somebody, something inside of us, and you you can argue with me or disagree if you want, but this is the truth, something inside of us tells us that we're doing something to that person when we don't forgive them, that we're hurting them somehow, that it's bothering them somehow. And it's not in any way, shape, or form, but somehow in our mind we think it is. And it kind of makes us feel better that, that we're mad at them and we hate them and we don't forgive them. And so we're holding a grudge against them and we've got them down on the ground. And, we're, and it's the biggest lie in the world because it's not affecting them one bit. okay? It's not affecting them a bit. Who it is affecting is us, the person who does not forgive and may be possibly sick. Um, so I want to read 1831, uh, 21, Sorry, real quick. It's a parable. And, and many of you have heard this, but it's a good, good thing to understand. Peter came and said... How often should I forgive my brother that sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus said, I I say to you not seven times, but 70 times seven. If you do math real good, that's 490 times. That's a lot. And he says, I do not say to you seven, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom, watch this, of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And he was not able to pay. So his master commanded that he be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had so that payment could be made. And the servant fell down and said, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion and relieved him. So I released him and forgave him of his debt. Now, right before I finish reading this, this is what I was trying to show my friend. Trying to get him to understand that we cannot live a life where we are looking at what somebody else has done and think, how can I forgive that person without the revelation that I'm worse than that person? That was a good place to say amen. Thank you for that one lonely, lonely amen. See, you don't get it yet. Let me say that again. I cannot understand forgiveness and be able to forgive somebody else unless I realize I'm worse than them without Jesus. The Bible says my righteousness is like filthy rags. We are bad people, but aren't we good at making other people less bad than us? Aren't we good at being the good judge that says, well, what I've done is not as bad as what someone has done to me, and so on and so forth. And this is exactly what this parable is saying. This man had a major debt, and this man was moved with compassion when he begged him to forgive. And now let's, re- let's continue to read. The servant fell down and begged him. He said, if patience, he has compassion. Verse 28. But then that servant went out, And found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Think about that. A hundred denarii compared to 10,000 talents. That's a lot of difference. And he said he laid his hands on him, took him by the throat. I can just see my friend Oscar doing this. Because I saw him do it in high school. Saying, pay me what you owe. And maybe throwing some expletives in there. Amen? Right? Are y'all awake? So you guys got to wake up this morning. Come on, help me out. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, doing the same thing that he had done to the other guy, to his master, begged him and said, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And, and look what verse 30 says. You might not admit it this morning, but this is what a bunch of us do. And he would not. Some people just say, nope. I'm not doing it. You might be here this morning with your nice church Sunday clothes on. You might have a Bible in your hand. I'm going to get into your, into your neighborhood, into your house, into your living room for a second. You might look good and carry yourself well. And you might say, I'm a believer and, and, and on and so forth and do all the right things. But you inside your heart have somebody who's done something to you. And you are saying without letting anybody else know, maybe, maybe it's personal. I will never forgive that person. Never. My prayer this morning is by the time this service is over, that vocabulary will change. And you will say, I will forgive that person. Amen. Maybe not right now, but hopefully in a little bit, you will. So he says, he would not, verse 30, but went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. Let's finish this. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And his master, after he called him, said, you wicked Servant. <clears throat> now, you don't want to hear those words from Jesus. Okay, this is red letter. You, you, there's, the words you want to hear are enter in good and faithful servant. But to hear you, wicked servant, is not the words you want to hear from the Lord. <clears throat> he says, I, now, now I want you to stop right here, put yourself in this parable. Again, this is what I was trying to teach my friend. Put yourself in this parable and understand that Jesus is saying to us, I forgave your debt. I forgave your debt, you wicked servant. All that you, and you begged me. He says, Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant as I have had pity on you? Okay? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my, now watch these words. So my heavenly Father will also do to each of you from who from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Father, thank you for good, solid, hard, sometimes to hear words from your word that will change us, heal us, Set us free, deliver us, and help us walk in obedience this morning. I pray that even though this is a tough subject, I pray that, Lord, by the time we're done, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will soften our hearts. If any of us in here today have any problems with forgiving, Lord, help us realize how you forgave us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So quiet in here. Amen. Maybe I shouldn't have warned you. Let's go to Genesis. Let's look at one of the greatest stories ever. And and maybe you're new in in the Bible, don't understand this word, but I'm going to say the word type. There's types in the Old Testament. These are things that we saw in the Old Testament that teach us who Jesus was to become. Joseph in in the Old Testament is a type of Christ. He's a type of Jesus, and his life is going to show us this morning what Jesus did for us. Now, I want, I want you to understand that I'm, what I'm telling you this morning, I'm not up here pretending that this is easy. And I also want to make a statement that I have, maybe you are new or have not heard me preach or have not heard me preach on forgiveness. I have said for all the years that I've been saved, um, and recently, probably in the last 10 maybe, I don't know exactly when it was, That for many, many years, being a Christian and being a missionary and being a pastor, I don't know, like I said, I don't remember exactly when the date was it ended. I had lots of unforgiveness in my heart towards somebody and I held on to it even being a preacher. And I admit that. And I admit that I was in trouble. Amen. Really in trouble with my walk with God because I could not forgive this person and, and I thought that I was hurting this person by holding on to that. And then I got to a place where I was like, okay, I need to forgive, but I felt like I couldn't. So if you're here and you're saying, man, that's me, I'm, I, I want you just to know that I've been there, I've struggled with that, and I have gotten the victory over it. And I want you to know you can have victory over it. You can have victory over it. Amen. You can be released from that. But you have to make a decision, and hopefully this message will help you get to that place. But the thing that I had to have the revelation of was how much I've been forgiven of. And that's why this parable is so important. Because how many know that people outside these four walls today that don't want to come to church, their biggest word, the biggest thing they use is there's a bunch of hypocrites in that place. Right? And as soon as they ever, if they ever did step into church, they'd be one of them too. Everybody's a hypocrite in some way. But when it comes to this this subject me tell you what we can major in hypocrisy if we don't forgive major in hypocrisy because how is it possible that we can say lord jesus forgive me for my sins god help me uh, restore me redeem me make my life new change me and all these prayers and then at the same time inside of our heart say grudgingly i but i will not forgive somebody who has done something to me that's the that's the epitome of, of hypocrisy. That is the absolute perfect example of hypocrisy. And so we have to get beyond that. Let's look at Genesis chapter uh, 37. And I want to read just a few verses. I'm not going to read the whole story. Genesis 37 to Genesis 45 is an awesome story to read, the whole thing. We know that, jo- that Joseph had a dream. Okay? Okay? And he told his brothers about this dream. And verse 5 says, that verse of chapter 37, he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. And so he told them this dream and explained it to them. And let me go down to verse um, 17. And it says, a man said, uh, actually let's look at 16. He said, I'm seeking my brothers Please tell me where they are feeding the flocks. And the man said, they've departed from here, for I've heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And so Jos- Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, they even, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. And they said to one another, look, the dreamer is coming. And come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. I want you to understand that this picture here, the brothers are a picture of the devil and his demons of darkness who hate you and hate the destiny that God has placed over your life. The plan that God has over your life to to save others, to live victorious, to do great things for God, to make it to heaven. He hates you. You have to understand that the person behind the hate is not a good person. So if you hate somebody in your heart and you have unforgiveness in your heart for them, you are doing nothing but pleasing the devil. The Bible says we should be God pleasers. Now, let me just interject something real quick because I just feel it in the spirit. Somebody here, maybe more than one, is saying, you have no idea what I've been through. Just, just, I'm just going to tune you out till I'm done. This is, this is not for me. I want you to know it does not matter. I'm not saying that insensitively. It does not matter what's happened to you. There is no difference between anybody in this place of what's happened. I know bad things have happened. I know some of your past. I know some of your testimonies. Bad, horrible things. Maybe to your families. Maybe to friends. Things around you. Things have happened. And in, in, without God or the Bible, you have every right in the world to hate. You have every right in the world to have unforgiveness in your heart. It is okay until you get saved. It's okay. You can, you can hate them all the way to hell if you want to. And the world does. But once you get saved, ever heard the saying, to whom much is given, much is required? Once you get saved and you accept Christ into your life, you are telling the world, I accept Jesus and I also accept what he did for me and I understand that I I myself am a wicked person. We don't get forgiveness if we don't understand how wicked we are. Sometimes it would be good if God could somehow show us. Maybe he showed you. He showed me. Maybe he could show you in the mirror, spiritual mirror, how wicked and bad you are. Because we think so many times that we're not bad, that we're not as bad, that we're pretty good and all that. And why do you think God said in the word, your righteousness is like filthy rags. Anytime we think we're good and we've arrived We think, okay, God says, no, I'm going to blow that out the water real quick. You're not good. Matter of fact, the Bible says no one is good but God. Okay? So I I want you to understand that there there might be a a feeling, I have got a reason this morning, and I'm going to hold on to that. Listen, you personally, this is what I told my friend, you personally have to understand, and I'm going to throw this in now so it's kind of there for the rest of the message. You have to understand, you and I and us, all of us, will stand before God individually, by ourselves. Your husband that's right there next to you, your wife that's right there next to you, your children that are right there with you, your friend or family that's sitting with you, they, that person that you hate, who that person that you love. Nobody's going to be there on Judgment Day but you and God. And you are going to have to answer for your own life. And God's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? I gave you a lot of forgiveness. Just like this guy here. I forgave you. How is it possible that you could get up from that debt and go do the same thing to somebody else that you asked me not to do to you? Do you not understand that God is a just God? Amen. Come on, help me out. Maybe I shouldn't have warned you. Maybe it would have been a little easier. Amen. Let me give you a verse real quick as we continue to read here that's very important. Just in case somebody, I want to kind of peel off some layers here. Just in case you think that you can choose not to forgive. Because you can up here, but you can't right here. I don't think I have to ask because I'm sure nobody in here this morning wants to go to hell. I'm sure all of us want to go to heaven. Anybody smart would want to go to heaven. That's why we're a church. That's why we're here. Unless you got dragged here or pulled here, you came because you're going to go to heaven. I want to make a statement. Listen to me closely. If you don't forgive, you will not go to heaven. Let me say it over here. If you do not forgive, heaven will not be your home. Well, that's a bold statement. Who do you think you are? I'm just going to read what the Bible says. Let me just tell you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you forgive men their trespasses, God will forgive you. And then he says... But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Can't be any clearer. So you have to make a decision this morning. A real good decision. Is what that person, as horrible as it is, is what that person did to you worth eternity in hell? That's the question you got. You, th- you might say, man, that's pretty, that's pretty harsh. That's pretty straightforward. It's the truth. You cannot, because what does the Bible say? How, how does the Bible say that we go to heaven? We put our faith in Jesus Christ, okay, that he, that he died on the cross for our sins. And 1 John says, if we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So how we get to heaven is we put our faith in Jesus Christ, and then every day we confess our sins. We ask him to forgive us of our sins, and because we ask him to forgive us of our sins, he what? He forgives us of our sins and washes us clean from all unrighteousness. Well, here's the problem. If I don't forgive other people, then when I ask God to forgive me, he does not forgive my sins, and so I'm walking in sin just like them. And I can come to church all I want. I can read the Bible all I want. I can praise God all I want. I can give tithe all I want. I can do all these different things all I want. But the Bible says if I choose to be so hypocritical to say I will not forgive, then I cannot be forgiven. Do you think that you are so good of a person that God will change his rules for you? Do you think that he'll make an exception for you? Now, I could see that in his grace, as God, he would probably want to. But at the same time as he's graceful, he's also righteous and perfect. And so he can't change his own rules. And his rules say, you must, this is, here's the simple version of that. If you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. If you won't forgive, I cannot forgive you. Do you think that parable was, was not a great example? I'm willing. He says, I'm willing. My my grace in abundance of mercy is open to you. But when you close the door on somebody else, I close the door on you. Okay? So we see here in the story of Joseph that his his brothers are angry at him. They're mad at him. They want to destroy him in devourments. Pick up in 21 again. And Reuben heard it. And he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Reuben said, shed no blood. But let's cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass, verse 23, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. They took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And the, let's just keep reading here. And they sat down to eat a meal, lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead and their camels with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, and on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brothers Listen, And here's the end of this, of this part of the story. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. As you're listening to that and reading that story, how many can see the parallels between G- Joseph and the life of Jesus? So many parallels that we see there. Joseph is a type of Christ. Now I want you to just push over to Genesis 45 real quick. And I want you to see how Joseph allowed forgiveness. I'm going to pass the other seven chapters, six chapters there of of the story, which most of you know, where he goes to prison. And everywhere he goes, he has favor. And God blesses him everywhere he goes. And then down the road, he uh, has the opportunity to Practice the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. So we might think weak people forgive. That's what, that's what flesh would tell us. That's what the world would tell us. Weak people forgive. but That's not true. It's easy to not forgive. It's easy to hold a grudge. It's easy to hate somebody. Come on, somebody. That's easy. We don't even have to try. We're born that way. Have you noticed that? You, didn't, you weren't born loving people and you weren't born doing the right thing. you got to try to love people. you got to put forth an effort. It takes a real man or woman of God to love people when they're not lovable. But again, the revelation I had many years ago was, how can I not love people when I'm the most unlovable person in the world? Until you get off your self-righteousness and stop thinking that you're somebody and that you're good, you're never going to understand the power of forgiveness. You must be able to see what your sins look like in the sight of God. And it doesn't matter if you've been horrible or been good. You are a sinner lost without Jesus lost without the forgiveness of God. And so you have to have that revelation so that you can understand later to whom much has been given, salvation and eternal life, much is required. That I cannot accept forgiveness or expect forgiveness from God if I'm not willing to give it myself. Too many people believe that we're not, we're not involved in this thing. We just say, Lord, I believe in you, and we just get to heaven. He involves us. We have to do things to get to heaven. We have to obey. We have to, we have to be, live righteous. And the hardest thing, if you asked me, what's the hardest thing to do living for God? It's this. It, the hardest thing is forgiving. It's hard. It's hard to forgive. It's hard. But let me write, write this down if you're taking notes. If you haven't already, forgiveness is not an option. I don't find anywhere in the scriptures where God says, if you would like to, if you feel like it, he says, you must. So forgiveness is not an option. But here's another statement forgiveness is rarely deserved. Forgiveness is rarely deserved. And that's why it makes my salvation so real, because the forgiveness that Jesus gives me is not deserved. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve what Jesus did for me. So forgiveness is a heart issue. It, it comes down to right here. Where, where is my heart? How Again, how can I, how can I weigh out this, this situation of what somebody has done to me and what I have done to Jesus? How many have seen the video, I Am Barabbas? Would have been a great video to say, show today. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. YouTube it today. Don't wait till tomorrow. After lunch, after you get home, whatever, at lunch, when you leave this place, YouTube I Am Barabbas and watch an eight-minute video. Watch it, and it will give you perspective on this because you realize me and you are Barabbas. What does that mean? That means I'm the thief and the criminal that the people chose so Jesus could be killed, meaning I am the reason that Jesus had to die. I am. Make it personal. A lot of us were like, yeah, man, Jesus had to die for that person. That person is messed up and wicked. See, that's the problem. I'm the reason Jesus had to die. I'm the reason. I'm Barabbas. I I needed his forgiveness. I was lost without him. So let's read right here in, in, in Genesis chapter 45. And watch what Joseph does. Watch the redemptive power of Joseph. It says in verse forty-five. Then Joseph. Now, now I'm just fast-forwarding here. Right before I read this, just so you understand, if you don't know the story, God did a whole bunch of stuff in the story where Joseph was used to to get a whole lot of uh, of supplies saved up uh, during the during the famine, and 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 he was really wise and and uh, and and shrewd in the way he did things, and so. God allowed them to store up a whole lot of stuff so that when everybody else was in famine, he had stuff and they had to come to him and for provision. And so he was the leader right under Pharaoh of this entire uh, nation of Egypt, and he was the chief commander in charge of everybody. And he did not, I want you to see this, he did not get to this place by forgiving his brothers in chapter 45. He got to this place by forgiving his brothers in the pit. Think about what I just said for a second. You don't get to that place of favor with God by accident. God does not just drop blessings here and there and drop favor here and there on people. When you see somebody's life who has favor in it and you see blessings on somebody's life, it's not a lottery ticket. It's, it's somebody doing something right, making the right decisions, forgiving people in their heart, putting themselves in that position because God just doesn't go, oh, here's a blessing, here's a blessing, here's a blessing. His blessings follow people who do the right thing. And make the right decisions. And so Joseph had a heart issue in chapter thirty-seven, and he had to. I, I, it would have been interesting to be in the pit and hear his words, what he was saying. But he was in that place saying, "Listen, I don't deserve this. But if 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 I get angry here in this pit, and if I hate my brothers like I should, I'm never going to get out of this pit, and they're going to defeat me, and I'm never going to be. I'm never going to fulfill the dream that God put over my life. So I got to get. I got to have some salvation right here. I got to go to the altar right here i've got to forgive right here i've got to get my heart right right here because there's a whole bunch of people that need to know god through me and i can't sit in this literal pit and have a pity party no pun intended he had a heart issue change right there he said i i believe i believe by tears by tears in that pit he said god i don't understand this I don't understand why I'm in this pit, but God, I forgive my brothers. I don't understand why they did this to me, but I forgive them. And I believe at that moment, God began to put into action all the things that happened to lead up to 45. So then, uh, Joseph's father, one who gave him that coat of many colors, sends him to get food. Sends him to get provision. and and and, And they get there, and just think about this. His brothers walk into that place, and he does not look like himself. He looks like an Egyptian. They don't recognize him, but he recognizes them. And right here where we pick up, he's emotionally touched in 45 verse 1. And it said, Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out and said, make everyone go out from me. He's talking about all his servants. So no one stood with him. Watch this. While Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Now, I want you to think about something real quick here. This is important, and I'm going to take just a few minutes more than normal this morning because this is really, really important. Like like normally, um, my daughter would be coming up in a couple, I don't know what it is. Add five minutes to whatever you have, okay? I need five minutes more. Th- this is really important because as I'm reading this, the Spirit is speaking something to me. He says, while Joseph... He, he said, no one stood while he made himself known to his brothers. It says that he cried there. It says he wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. There's a moment in your life when you get victory over forgiveness. and It's a powerful moment. Because you no longer are a slave to the devil. As long as you walk in unforgiveness, you are chained by a chain to your neck. To Satan himself. You are are bound. Like I said this morning, sometimes you're sick. Sometimes you're you're, you're going through, you're cursed. You're going through things you shouldn't be going through. Because you're just allowing Satan to, to drag you around by that chain of bondage of unforgiveness. And I feel like Joseph at this moment was, was weeping, not just because he saw his brothers, but I believe that he had already had the victory way before and he was thinking in his mind, God, you have done exactly what you said you would do. I humbled myself. I humbled myself and I put myself in this position so that today I could choose to have the power of forgiveness over my brothers. And the reason he's weeping is because inside of him there is a joy of freedom in his spirit. And he's getting so excited, I believe, that he cannot hold back his tears because he's thinking, today is the day where I get to choose do I kill my brothers or do I lose them? But I've already decided a whole bunch of years ago, I'm going. Going to loose them. I'm not going to change that now because that's what's gotten me to this place today. I am free today. I am blessed today. I have favor today because I have not allowed their disobedience to tie itself to me. And I believe he was, does anybody get what I'm saying? I believe he had to gather himself because he's thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be powerful because can you imagine what it would be like to be that judge in a courtroom where he, that person knows he has the power to let that person go. And it's not to let them go because they're not criminals. It's to let them go because something inside that judge tells him this person will change if you give them another chance. Did anybody catch that? Doesn't mean they weren't wrong. See, that's me and you. God looks at us and he says, I believe in my heart they'll change if I forgive them. Amen. They'll change. And so Joseph gets emotional. And then it goes on to say, look what it says, verse 2, he wept aloud, verse 3. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Joseph, does my father still live? And his brothers couldn't answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said, watch this, please come near to me. Now you can imagine them. You can imagine them at that moment. What are they thinking? We're dead. He's going to kill us. Oh, here comes, here comes, our, here comes vengeance. Here, can, see, this, this is what builds up. When you forgive somebody, when you call somebody or say, hey, let's meet up, and you've got the plan to forgive them, man, in their hearts, they're waiting for the worst. They're waiting for payback. They're waiting for vengeance. And then when you say those words, I forgive you, it is something that is liberating to you, but it's also liberating to them. Amen. Because those people, whether they are sorry or not, church, they will be sorry one day if they're not. Everything that's ever been done will come out. You need to learn. I've told people over the years, you let, be, you let vengeance be God's. You let vengeance be God's. If, somebody does not, if somebody's done something wrong and they don't repent, listen, you, the Bible says it is a scary thing to fall into the hands of a living God. So if you think that you can do something, I've said these words to people, if you think you can do something that's worse than what God will do to these people in His justice, you go ahead and try. Are you listening? God is better. God is better. But here's the crazy thing. I'm going to throw something out crazy. If you really get your heart right... I know, I'm, I know this is going to be hard to grasp, but I mean it. If you really get your heart right, your heart will hope and pray that that wicked person changes. Amen. Honestly, I know that's hard to swallow. I know that's hard to swallow. But it goes back to you realizing that you're the one, you're just as bad as them. The only difference between me and Barabbas is I have Jesus. The only difference between you and the person who hurt you is Jesus. Because without Jesus, think about this. Without Jesus, you're going to spend eternity in hell with that person. Because that's where you're going to go if you don't forgive. And if they don't repent, that's where they're going to go. So you're going to sit here and hold on to someone your whole life for something they did to you, and then you're going to spend eternity in hell with them. Oh, come on, somebody give me an amen. I'm not making up a false doctrine here. This is what the Bible says. Why am I saying this? We need to forgive. We need to forgive. And you won't be able to tell me, God forbid, as you head that way, you didn't tell me about this. I'm telling you, you better forgive. You better understand the power of forgiveness. Let me finish here. So he says, I'm your brother. They were dismayed. Joseph said, please come near. They came near. He said, I'm Joseph, your brother. Now, this is important. Who sold who you sold into Egypt. This is real important. You can forgive, but you're not always going to forget. It doesn't mean that God's just going to take that chip out of your head and you'll never remember it. He can. You can ask for that. But... He remembered what they did to him. He didn't say, hey, it's me, Joseph, and just went on. He said, who you sold into Egypt? Basically saying, I, and this is probably where they got even more scared. Okay? But I, I don't, I don't want to read the rest for time. There's a bunch of verses there, but I want to go to 11 real quick. Watch these words. Joseph says, I will provide for you. You, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there's still five years left of famine. And behold your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. Verse 13, so you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Watch this. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. He did not just say, I forgive you. He said, I'm going to provide for you. There's going to be relationship here. I'm going to go beyond just saying the words, I forgive you, but I'm going to provide. Now, I want you to, I want you to think about, like, I have many more things I could talk about this morning, but I want to leave you with one last thought. And I'm going to paraphrase this. It's easy to love people who love us. It's easy to love people who love us. There is not a scenario in this book, okay, that God did not deal with. It's all there. It's perfect. He says in Luke 6, 32, but if you love those who love you, whose credit is that? To whose credit is that? He says even sinners love the people who love them. Even sinners do that. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners Lend to sinners to receive as much back. Watch this. I know I won't get no amen here, but this is God's word. Love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And listen to this. And your reward will be great. Your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. And Here's why. It says, For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. He is kind to the unthankful and evil. It says, verse 36, Therefore be merciful just as your Father is merciful. How many, how many can see the hypocrisy this morning of asking Jesus to forgive us but not forgiving it's hypocrisy it's it's, it doesn't even make sense that I can come and beg God for mercy and then hold a grudge against somebody no matter how bad it is again I don't want to say you to think this morning that that I don't understand that it's been something really bad one of the hardest things of being a pastor is hearing what some people go through and have been through. There's been times over the years, and even in the last recent times, there's been times I've heard things that I wanted to take off my pastor's uniform and be flesh. Kill people, hurt people. Seriously, when I hear things that have happened to people, I, I don't want to be a pastor at that moment. I want to I be a human and go get revenge. But I go back to understanding Who am I? Who am I? Who am I to say that? How can I say that? Because one of my favorite verses is Romans 5, 8 that says, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for the ungodly. Guess who the ungodly is? You and me. It doesn't matter how saved I am, I'm still unworthy. To whom much is given, much is required. So today, you can say a prayer, you can say, God help me, and this is what I want, this is my testimony, for too too long, I tried to do it on my own, I tried to forgive in my own strength. If you want to get a victory this morning, I can give you a nugget, don't try to forgive in your own strength, it's not possible, it's not possible, you have to say, God, I can't do this on my own, but I want to, will you help me? Do you think God's going to say, no, no, I won't help you. He will help you. But it has to come from here. You can't say it just to say it. You can't say it just just to sound good. Because you can fool me and I can fool you, but you can't fool God. If God sees that it's not real, and you're just saying it to say it, He can't help you. But if He sees the heart, He sees the heart, He sees that you really want to forgive that person, He will empower you. So when you see the power of forgiveness, who does that power come from? Jesus. It comes from Jesus. It's His power, not mine. And I say, Jesus, I need your help. I need your help to forgive this person. And I want to. And, and it'll happen. And as we bow our heads and close our eyes, I want you to listen to one more thing I'm going to tell you. This is really important. Once you have forgiven, you need to leave it alone and not bring it back up again. You need to leave it alone and not bring it back up again. It's got to stay with God. Can't grab it back. You have to say, this is yours, God. I'm I'm, I'm giving this to you. I'm going to love those who are not easy to love. Maybe you're here this morning as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And you have had a revelation during this message. You are the one that needs forgiveness. You got some people you need to forgive, but before you can forgive, you must be forgiven. you have never said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I've never said, I'm lost and I need to be forgiven. Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Transform me. Make me a new creation. If that's you and you're honest this morning, I want to pray for you. God wants to come into your life now. Would you just put your hand up and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to be forgiven this morning. I need salvation. God bless you. God bless you. That's me. I'm the one. How can I forgive somebody else if I don't forgive myself? I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. These kind of messages are like surgery. They're painful, but they heal. They fix. This isn't going to change what someone did to you. That's done. But it'll change you. And that's what matters. I want you to just stand to your feet real quick, if you would. Nobody moving around. Nobody talking. If, if this is a thing where you say, if, if I stood before God right now and I have unforgiveness in my heart or I have not asked Jesus to forgive me, would I be standing before Him as a judge or a savior? I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer that for yourself. If there's any doubt this morning, I want to pray for you. If you raised your hand this morning, I want to pray for you. This isn't for embarrassment. This is, this is, this is because Jesus wants to do something in you. He wants to, he wants to come in and take over your life. So quickly, just step out of your seat and come down here and pray with me real quick. If you raised your hand, just, just come. Don't worry about when anybody else is coming or if anybody else is coming or why anybody else is coming. Just come. We're going to pray right now. I want forgiveness. I want to be saved. I want to, I want to be healed this morning. I want to be. Changed. I want to be renewed. I want to be a new creation this morning. Amen. Maybe maybe you at one point in your life got saved, gave your life to the Lord. But today, you, your own spirit's telling you, I'm not right. I'm not right. I need to get right. We're going to say a prayer right now. Those that are listening online, we'll shut it off after this. I want to make sure those that are listening online can say this prayer with us. Amen. You know, this is, this is the thing about church today. We want to break down. Unfortunately, I think today church has become a place, if people come, because people are coming less than ever in general in the world. But if they come, they want to go to a place where they can hide. They want to go to a place where they can live their life and feel good, feel like they're going to heaven, but maybe not be ready to go to heaven. I'd rather be in a place where it's real and it's straightforward and it's honest and I can be open with people and say, listen, I'm struggling with this. I, 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 need, to, I need to pray about this. I'm just, you know what, God, I, I admire you for standing up and saying, I, I need to get some stuff right today. And why do we do it? Do it, do it publicly to, in, in, to, to embarrass people? No, if you don't do it publicly, you, you can't do it outside out, in front of church, church people. You're not going to do it outside. It's just a step of faith. So let's pray right now. All of us here. It's the prayer of forgiveness, the prayer of salvation coming right out of the Bible. Amen. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. Without that, I cannot be here today. Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I fall short of your glory every day. I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe. You died on the cross for my sins. I believe in my heart that you took my place, sacrificially, you substituted for me, so I could be saved, so I could be forgiven. I accept that and believe that with all my heart, I confess that Jesus is Lord. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I forgive others others. as they've hurt me. me. Jesus, Jesus, write my name name. in the Lamb's book of life. life. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. I want to do one more thing real quick. Just real quick. You stay here that are up here. I, I want to I ask you if you need help this morning to pray. I want to pray with you. This doesn't mean that you're walking in unforgiveness, but you're struggling with it maybe. Maybe you've never heard a message about forgiveness. I told you it was going to be hard, but now the hard part's over. Now the easy part's coming, the healing part. You can be healed, but you're, you're here and you're like me a few years ago saying I, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I've tried. I've tried over and over again. I can't. I need help. If you want to if, if you want to agree with me together in prayer, I want you to step out and come down here. I want to pray with you this morning to help you forgive. Just step out quickly into this place. Come down here and we're going to pray together. I'm going to wait just a few seconds. I need help. I can't do it. I need help. This is this is this is killing me inside. As you come I want I want you to listen to this I